1: Shinigami. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing alright. Thank you for having me on.
1: And uh, yes, you have become a viral sensation. And speaking of which, it's, uh, they don't pay you there, obviously.
0: Nope. It's That's one of the ways they actually keep it legal. legal. it mean, exist in this legal gray area. It's, it's, it's legal because they don't charge admission, they don't pay the fighters, and they don't make money off of the events um, at all. So it's not like... Uh, you know, and they're they're amateur, so they're amateur exhibitions, they're exhibition matches, like exhibition, like hard sparring fights. You know, it's it's not, um, you know,
1: they're not sanctioned. In other words, for the newer people out there,
0: yeah. But, but they you know, we do all sign a, a waiver. We're all there because we all want to, you know, test ourselves and compete. Some right. of us are there to settle disputes, which is what Street View started for in the first place. Um, and it's a it's a it's not uh just what you see on the videos you know people fighting in a backyard in a in a homemade cage it's actually a community um everybody i've fought i mean there, there's facebook groups there's there's you know the instagrams there's websites there's all kinds of group chats all over the place for all of us and um you know everybody i fought i uh you know pretty much talk to you on a daily basis now um except for big smile but that's because i got to rematch him so trying to keep it all business we'll talk about
1: yeah we're gonna talk about big smile as we move along here but yes but um these are things i had no idea so i'm I'm glad you are telling me and you know the newer people out there
0: yeah i think a lot of people uh don't really know about that because a lot of people really only know what they see or perceive what they see so you know people perceive street beefs is just you know another underground backyard fight you know thing where people are probably illegally getting paid but that's not what's happening you know it's not like uh, it's not like Kimbo Slice or or those guys who yeah. were you know doing it cuz they needed to do it to survive and they were doing illegal stuff to get money to survive and it was just getting posted on the internet so that people could see it um you know it's uh rest in peace Kimbo by the way um it's it's a community of competitors and people who want to settle disputes and you know it's very welcoming and it's very uh cohesive. And I mean, everyone's just great. And Brian. it's actually recently become a um, recruiting ground for uh, bare knuckle fighting championship, which is uh, just more proof for people who think it's not legal. It's legal. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't have something like that going on, you know,
1: exactly. Um, yeah,
0: That's a that's a major promotion. And they uh, obviously would not be having contracts to recruit from a backyard uh organization that they were doing everything illegally. Um, Scarface is very protective of the brand and makes sure everything is legal. And that's why there's only a few chapters of Street Beasts. Originally there was just the one. And the only people who, who have a Street Beast branch now are people who didn't even ask for it. He offered them to run one. So, you know, that's just uh that's how it is, you know, it's it's really um even when we went over to the East Coast to fight over there. Everyone was so welcoming and like you know, excited to meet me. It yeah. was, it was, that was what we'll actually talk about when we get to that. that yeah. No worries.
1: But, no um, worries. But yes, you are talking about Scarface, uh, Chris Wilmore, I believe the director yes. or the dictator of the yard. In other words.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the founder of street Beast, Chris Wilmore.
1: I was wondering about that. You know, in the intro, it says after the fight, you know, you hear the, the outro rather and you hear about picking up a gun and fighting and all that. And you're like, well, what the hell's going on here?
0: Oh okay, yeah, so it's guns down, gloves up. Correct, right? It's it started. It that's literally what it started before he was even filming it. Um, he uh would go around to little local places and like it, I can't remember exactly how it started, but I think uh somebody at some point had uh he'd either intervened in a situation that could have ended in gun violence over something stupid and offered him to fight in his yard, or somebody actually asked him to fight in his back to ref a fight to settle a beef. So. He got the idea having been in in jail before and been around gangsta stuff and you know growing up in in kind of the hood his whole life sure he came yeah. up with the idea of well you know what this is a good idea uh let me go start you know putting up flyers and stuff in local local you know bars and and you know uh markets like bodegas stuff like that um you know and it's not and, a bad idea yeah and that's that's how it started man people were coming to him with with to the settle their disputes Then they started filming them, and then one day he decided to upload it to YouTube, uh, never planning to have a big, huge following, never imagining it was going to go where it has gone. And, um, you know, then it was not just beef fights anymore. Then, you know, he started letting other people who just wanted to test themselves uh, fight because, you know, I don't know, a lot of people don't probably realize this, but it actually costs money to register with the State Athletic Commission, your local amateur organization, your state amateur organization, and um, they don't pay you either. So you're, you you got to go out of pocket to do these fights with an amateur org, trying to go pro, where no one's really going to see it, except for whoever's there. Right, yeah. Uh, versus street beefs, where you're going to get thousands and thousands and thousands of views. Um, you know, So it's good exposure. In fact, it's such good exposure, some guy went on there one time to fight just to promote his plumbing business. And that was his fight. His fight name was his plumbing business name.
1: Oh, my. That is funny. Yeah. I don't think anyone imagined it would become that popular. And I'm sure yourself or you yourself, rather, did not. You didn't think you'd become um, a viral sensation of sorts. I mean, 3.8 million people, I believe, watched you kick that guy in the face the last time I checked.
0: Yep. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't expect to blow up overnight like that. Um, I kind of, I kind of figured I was hoping to get, you know, a following off of it. I didn't think I was going to get a following off of it from my very first fight. Yeah, I wore the gi to stand out and because it kind of gives you a little bit of a, uh, you know, some friction for clinch work grips and sure. stuff. Um, kind of why Hoy's Gracie wore a gi in UFC one, you know, uh, so that when you're dealing with a guy that doesn't have a shirt or they're wearing a rash guard, they're kind of slippery, they're sweaty, whatever, you know, it, it gives you a little bit, a little of, bit a, of, grip. of a defensive uh edge there um plus you know it looked cool um and i think that was kind of the the whole thing was just ended up being a perfect storm of i'm wearing this gi and my whole thing's color coordinated people thought i wasn't gonna do very well everyone thought i looked like some guy from a mcdojo people thought
1: you're gonna get your ass kicked essentially
0: yeah yeah you know people again people perceive what they see right not all the 13 years of training behind my, you know, the black belt I was wearing. Yeah, hold on, um, hold
1: on. Don't don't reveal anything. Let me see if I can guess this. Uh, you know, you had, from what I can tell, just by watching you opening up with this first fight here, I was looking at you and I saw your stance and I thought, okay, this guy most likely had some traditional martial arts training and then all of a sudden you throw the roundhouse kick right to the jaw and I was, you won me over right away. Thanks. Oh yeah, it was good. Very good. Am yeah, I wrong? Thanks. Am I am I right or am I wrong here with with what I said?
0: You're, you're actually correct. I mean, it's kind of on my gi too, though.
1: Well, I wasn't paying attention to the gi. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. watching the video. I'm kind of high, yeah. kind of drinking. You know how that goes.
0: Well, yeah, I was, um, but yeah, I, I am trained in Kempo Shotokan Karate. It's a combination of Kempo American Kempo self defense with like Shotokan forms. Um you know, it was kind of around before my Shion started the school, but he kind of nice. made it his own curriculum because. He took over a Shotokan school and he's a Shotokan black belt with his primary art is Kenpo. Um, so he had to adapt everything so that the students that were already there could continue from where they were and then learn all the Kenpo stuff. And then by the time I joined, it was just all Kenpo Shotokan. Um, and then I also have a uh, lot of jujitsu training. Um, been doing that for about eight years, although a lot of that not wasn't necessarily in a gym, you know, because jujitsu school is expensive.
1: Very expensive.
0: Yeah. So uh, I had money uh, problems for a while. And, uh, so I was kind of just going over to friends' houses that also did jiu-jitsu and had mats in the garage and just rolling with them like a couple of times a week, if not, you know, more than, you know, I, I tried to hit two to four times a week in people's garages at least to keep the rust off. Um, yeah, I
1: know about that. Oh yeah. So, uh, quite familiar so, with uh, going to backyards and garages.
0: Yeah, man. So that was, that was, uh, how I kept my jiu-jitsu training up between having gyms to train in. Um, and then, uh yeah
1: very cool
0: uh, all, all came together in the yard that day and uh between knocking the dude out so fast which i didn't expect it to be over that quick either, i was actually shocked that it was over that fast i was like really i drove two hours and it's over in four seconds Are you kidding me
1: that's what you want though you know in and out
0: well yeah it, it is i just it, had expected more of a fight since that was my first time doing full contact
1: you came out like Ken in the fight yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep Awesome, yeah, man. I really loved that. I was quite impressed. I'm sure everyone out there was quite impressed with you too. Uh, you er- you earned instant respect. I'm quite sure amongst everyone there in the yard, and of course everyone around the world. They tuned in for that, not knowing that they would find uh, this sort of this sort of a karate figure all of a sudden emerge from the darkness of the internet. Here, it's pretty awesome. I was again quite impressed with that. I really like seeing that. I hope you keep fighting. And uh, we'll we'll talk about um, your fights in a moment here, but you know you were talking about the organization itself. Well, I, not really an organization. Well, can we say that?
0: Yeah, it's an organization. It's definitely an organization. It's a, you know, uh, uses the term organization all the time. I mean, it is organized in a, you know, in the sense of they they plan the events ahead of time. Right. They make sign up posts. They um, you know have referees and volunteer medics on hand and you know it's it's organized in the literal sense of the word that it's an organization it's organized you know it's it is that's that's exactly what it is i mean they have branding they have logos
1: yes and by the way it was also there was also a article that espn put out i remember a couple years ago back in 2019 that was a pretty good uh article and i'm sure the people there the staff writers they had no idea that it would be this popular in uh, 2021. But furthermore, um, you know, you said Kimbo, and that reminded me, the last person I talked to that was doing the whole backyard thing, not that you are, but that was running an organization like that was Data 5000. He was on this program too, many, many years ago, right before he fought Kimbo. And the man did say that somebody was going to leave in a, a stretcher, I believe. He did say that in, in, on the show. And,
0: <laughs> and someone,
1: and they both left on stretcher, by the way.
0: <laughs> I know. I was, I was, yeah, I was gonna say the uh, the heart attack snug, uh, snuggle snuggle yeah. fest. Uh, and yeah, man, he was lying.
1: He was in line. He was right.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was he was right, but he was right in the way that detail was right with <laughs> yeah. his. Uh, if you don't know me, you're about to. Yeah, he was right, but not in the way he wanted to be right.
1: <laughs> That's right. So obviously, these words I'm saying are resonating with you. So that means you are also a very long time MMA fan.
0: Oh yes, um, very cool. Actually. Funnily enough, uh when I started martial arts, I had no intention of ever competing. I just wanted to um learn how to defend myself. Sure. And, you know, get some exercise. And um you know, I didn't know anything about MMA at all because my mom would never let me watch anything, violent. violent. never grew up, got never got into professional wrestling or boxing or any of that. Nothing. Stuff. Nothing. Oh my. So Was your
1: mom was your mom religious? Would, you know, yep, she, oh, extremely I see. Okay, um, go ahead.
0: So I uh which is ironic, because a lot of those Bible stories are pretty violent. That's true. Uh, yes. My, uh, my favorite uh, biblical character when I was a kid was Samson. Ah. Uh, he killed uh, how many Philistines would have broken jawbone, like hundreds of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I had an animated version of that. You know, Hanna-Barbera used to do uh, animated Bible stories for kids, and that was still pretty violent it for was. a kid's cartoon. Right. Um, Anyway, wait, wait a minute, um, wait
1: a minute. Don't, don't leave the mom thing out. Yes, does, does she know what her baby boy is doing?
0: Oh yeah, she knows. Oh no,
1: is she upset <laughs> with you? No, <laughs> she's cool. Just,
0: yeah, I mean, she doesn't really care. Uh, okay. Um, but the whole thing was, I was getting that was, uh, so I didn't, I didn't even know about the UFC or anything really until I was like a teenager. One of my friends told me about it, but I still didn't watch it. You know, um, and then I did kind of see a couple episodes of The Ultimate Fighter, um, at my uncle's place one time uh, hanging out when I was in culinary school. And, um, you know, I, I, my understanding of what MMA was, was it was, it was strictly Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu like combined. Cause that's all anyone was talking about on the show is that they, they know Muay Thai and they know Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and da 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 Right. So I was like, okay, well I do karate. Um, you know, when I went later on when I was, was started doing karate, I was like, well, I do karate. I really don't have any interest in, in that. Right. Um, then I was channel surfing one day and on Spike TV, they used to have, uh, uh, Ultimate UFC or whatever they show right. you know, like older fights um and I just happened to channel surf right past Lyoto Machida walking out and they said Shotokan karate and I flipped back like right away and I was like wait a minute wait a minute what so they were talking about he's Shotokan black belt and has a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then the other guy he fought was a judo guy so I watched the fight Lyoto Machida completely just molly so could you um and that got me interested in MMA. So I was like, oh, okay, so you can do karate and do MMA. Because at that point, I had been competing for a bit and I had started to notice this point karate since trying to let a lot knock people out. And it really comes down to what the corner judges see. A lot of times, they don't see what you got because their angle. Sometimes, you know, you hit the guy, the other guy knows you hit him, but no one's going to sit there. They're not going to sit there and give up a point that the judge didn't see it because they spent 50 bucks to do that, you know, division two, just like you did and probably drove another uh, two hours like you did to get there, you know, and after all of that, getting up at the butt crack of dawn and and shelling out money and gas and travel time, no one wants to just go in there and lose because they're being honest. That's right. So, um, you know, it got to the point where it's like, man, maybe I should try this out. And then uh, this one tournament in Vegas started having a, like an MMA sparring division. Um, so I went to do that and, uh, also cause I wanted to use some of the, like, there's a lot of really cool takedowns you learn in karate that a lot of people don't know about. Cause again, everything is what you see is how you perceive things. Um, yeah, you know? until you
1: get in so, there and do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, what you see in sport karate is like a super limited down rule set where you can't do the takedowns anymore. You, Blah, 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 blah. I can't knock people out unless you're doing like Kyokushin. Um, but uh, so I was like, yeah, I want to do this and that and the other thing. So I went and tried it and I kind of ended up getting beat on the ground, um, even though I trained a little MMA class, a few MMA classes for a couple of months before I went and did it um, just to, to have some some defense. And I, the, the one thing I got caught with, which was an arm bar from the mount, I didn't know how to defend it. The one thing I hadn't learned how to defend yet um, for like beginner stuff. And then after that, I was just like, okay, so this is cool and da da da. But one of these days, I got to get in there and and then I found out how much they were making. Like they were making almost as much in one fight as I was making in a year at the pro level and like the UFC doing these MMA fights. And I'm like, yeah, I need to, I need to go do this.
1: Yeah, you're in the wrong business. You thought?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I was in the wrong business. Uh, the culinary industry sucks. I'll tell you that right now. If you think you're going to, you know, make money and be the next Gordon Ramsay, I got news for you. You're not because it's a dime a dozen and you're competing with the guy off the street. So that overpriced culinary school education you get thinking you're going to have a leg up because you come out with a degree. Nobody who owns a restaurant gives a crap about that. Not even like those bigger guys most of the time, like Gordon Ramsay, most of those guys don't care that you went to culinary school or not. They want someone who's got actual line experience. The guy who went, you know, has been working in a restaurant since they were in high school – and never went to culinary school has probably got a better shot of getting a job in a kitchen than you do fresh out of culinary school with a degree. Plus, the degree don't make you more money like they tell you in the recruiting office either. You're getting the same pay as the guy off the street that never went to culinary school and probably has more experience than you, which is usually minimum wage or just a couple of bucks above it.
1: I had no idea that's what you were up to.
0: Yep. That was what I decided to do with my life before I started taking martial arts. If I'd have started learning martial arts sooner, I probably would have never gone that route.
1: It's probably a good thing because right now, due to the pandemic, that's a pretty hard hard business to um, conduct right now, especially with everything going on. Everything's kind of uh, iffy right now in terms of um, restaurants.
0: Yeah, I definitely got out at the right time.
1: Oh, Um, yeah, I would say so.
0: uh, The last job I had was actually um, a PE teacher at a charter school that I didn't know had a really high turnaround rate, and I kind of can see why they had a really high turnaround rate for the – non-certified positions like PE teacher um, didn't even think about looking on, on uh, the internet to see if there was employee reviews for the place. Um, Cause when I started looking for work, I graduated from high school in 2005. I got out of high sc- uh, culinary school in like 2006. Um, so, you know, I was, I started out doing paper applications and all of that stuff. Sure. Never ever once thought that, you know, websites like indeed would have the ability for employees to rate the employers I never thought to look it up. I actually stumbled across that entirely on accident, trying to get my, uh, get the website to get my tax form off of last year. And turns out they just, yeah, they have a really high turnaround rate. And the, the reason is because the administration does not help you out at all. They, they actually kind of make it, uh, you know, I did exactly what they told me to do. And then I got fired for it. Mm. Um, you know, giving out too many detentions or whatever. I never exactly gave me the exact reason, but you know, um, yeah it's crazy you can't give kids push-ups or anything anymore for punishment in PE class wild
1: and then that's that's why they fired you
0: um Cause no i didn't do i wasn't hmm. doing that i was just giving out detentions left and right because there was a bunch of kids that just didn't want to listen they
1: didn't listen yeah
0: um and and sadly enough it was actually kind of the older kids like the eight the the sixth graders and the eighth graders were the ones it was weird it's like sixth grade would act out eighth grade would act out i'm like the whole class you know, because they only had like a thirty-minute PE, and trying to get them concise into the point and getting them to do the activity, a lot of they didn't want to do it. They, they'd they'd uh, just run around and do whatever they wanted. and mm. It was bad.
1: Heard, yeah, uh, it was like so hurting seventh cats. grade,
0: which is weird because in contrast, seventh grade was, was a bunch of angels. <laughs> That's um, strange. Yeah, so we're all like the little kids, the ones you think we would have a hard time getting them to play games and stuff that you know were specific. They would they would do it, no problem. But uh, anyway, so I—that was actually my last job. Um, right before that, I had just worked in a restaurant, and yeah, I'm, I definitely got out at the right time because uh, statistically, the the working in kitchens is the number one most dangerous uh, job right now because of COVID. Because that's where most of the exposure is actually happening. Because everybody's, you know, get dealing with uh, huddled
1: around, walking around.
0: Well, even with close the, by. most of the kitchens are down to like one or two people in the kitchen, which is screw that. I'll tell you right now. I, I I've had to be the only guy on the line, or one of the only guys on the line. That's no fun. It that's too much work for anybody. Um, but yeah, that sounds uh, between annoying. that and just the the constant interaction between delivery drivers and the front of the house, who then interact with the back of the house, the exposure rate is just ridiculous.
1: Well, I'm glad you're not there in that sort of environment. That would have uh, you probably would have contracted the virus already.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely glad I'm not not involved in that anymore whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I mean, before I was doing this, uh, same situation, well, not exactly the same situation, but, you know, I was around people at times, and I was always sick, man, you know, before wearing the mask, and now it's like I haven't got a cold or anything in forever, and it's the first time, and I, I could remember my my friend, and I hate being sick, you know, I fucking hate that shit. So I don't know if the mask is working or it's because I've just not been around anyone.
0: I think it's a combination of both. Cause Maybe I mean, both. I rarely got sick anyway, but I got sick just before all this stuff. Yeah. Um, started like, uh, I was sick over Christmas break.
1: Oh, that sucks. Uh, right. Yeah. that's
0: Like right before it really picked the the COVID thing really yeah. hit over here. And, um, yeah, I haven't gotten sick or anything. Cause aside from going and doing street piece fights and going in, uh, you know, doing some, you know, training around a very small group of people. You've been cool. Yeah. You know, I've been in a very, uh, routine pattern of being around the same exact people, uh, who wouldn't show up if they were exposed or had any symptoms and, uh, you know, that or just being at home, you know, I'm either eating, sleeping or training. That's, it, you know
1: that's probably the best thing for you right now
0: driving sleeping or training i don't really eat that much i mean it not yeah. like i eat more than i do and no, i uh
1: you're doing what you're supposed to i think truly yeah and by the <laughs> way your your real name is daniel i believe
0: uh yeah i prefer danny but yeah
1: or danny yeah yeah i was gonna say i I think your name's like daniel or danny right
0: yeah it's it's danny um it's actually kind of funny <laughs> Uh, I used to prefer to be called Daniel, and then this girl I had a crush on in high school started oh. calling me Danny all the time, and she wouldn't listen. So then it kind of flipped around, and now like the only people I like call me Daniel are like friends from when I was real little, like before I was 14, and like family members. And Isn't other that, than funny? that It's like everybody else either calls me Danny, or now everyone calls me Shinigami, except <laughs> for this Russian dude at my gym who calls me Chimichanga because he can't Jimmy pronounce Changa. Japanese words. <laughs>
1: That's a good one. But yes, isn't it funny that women have that sort of effect on us? If it's with a name or uh let's say like a band, for instance, you know, I went to a concert with one of my ex-girlfriends, a Nine Inch Nails concert way back in the early 2000s. And, you know, I love the band, but for a while after we broke up, you know, I fucking hated the band. I hated the band and I hated her. So, you know, it lasted for a while, but it went away.
0: The funny thing was it wasn't so much that because I had a crush on her that it went that way it's because everybody else around started doing it because I met a lot of people through her and her friends so oh, that's the worst it, yeah oh, so it kind of just spread from her more than anything else it just kind of got to the point where was, I got tired of correcting everybody so I was just like okay whatever
1: <laughs> call me what you want yeah
0: like I guess I'm Danny now
1: Danny yes uh, well Danny's fine it works okay
0: Yeah, I kind of didn't like it at first, but now I kind of like prefer it. It's it's, you know, shorter, more concise. Sounds kind of badass.
1: Yeah, it works. It it sounds good. It rolls off the tip of the tongue very nicely. And of course, um, these ex-girlfriends, they are they are dream killers sometimes, my friend. That's what a lot of people forget. You know, the younger generations, they will learn that later on in life. Women are dream killers.
0: Yep. Sometimes, man. I I got a couple of X's that did a number on me emotionally and otherwise. Yep.
1: Well, I needle in a haystack. If you find the right one, my friend,
0: hashtag shout out, Rachel.
1: Yes. Shout out Rachel. Rachel. I mean, um, by the way, I was just thinking about the ultimate fighter. I'm going to draw this full circle for you. Um, you're familiar with Nick Diaz, correct? Yes. Well, Jeremy Jackson, you know, he beat Nick Diaz many, many moons ago, back in like 2001. Well, Jeremy Jackson was actually training at a a boxing gym right here in Imperial, California. And inside that boxing gym was myself, Jeremy Jackson, and Andy Ruiz, who you'll see boxing pretty soon. Again. Yeah. Yeah, man. And we were all there at one time.
0: Six degrees of separation, man. It's wild.
1: Isn't that crazy? I mean, we were all there at the same time.
0: Uh, You know who Raymond Daniels is?
1: Um, Remind me. I'm kind of drawing blank right now since I am drinking beer.
0: Um. He he's uh the Bellator I think middleweight or something uh-huh. kickboxing champion he's also like 2 and 0 in MMA in Bellator uh he was the Glory FC um kickboxing champion for a while he was like 11 or 15 and 0 undefeated and then uh uh the only other person in there that was a challenge beat him and then he moved to Bellator because there was no one else to fight at that point
1: you know I haven't been watching too much of Bellator but I did see the last event with but, uh, Ryan um, Bader. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah, he's he's kind of a big deal. I mean, he's he's been a big deal forever. He was uh, the number one point sparring uh, karate champion in the world for eleven years straight. Um, dude uh, was undefeated in the. I think it was a WCL, um, the World Champion League. That was a.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I do Doug remember Norris's team. Kickboxing. Yeah, I remember he, that. In
0: that little circle. The little
1: circle. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was undefeated in that. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Well, so long story short, he's from Palmdale, and my uh, original karate instructor, um, uh, to this day, still actually trains with him, helps nice. him train, okay, stuff. Um, so that's uh, six degrees of separation or less, man. I know. I've actually what- met him a couple times at tournaments and stuff. He's a really cool guy. Um, like we're literally in the same karate lineage. So
1: that is pretty badass. Yep. Very badass. You know, I was thinking of getting a few fights. Uh, way back in the day, I was thinking about doing that, you know, as a career sort of thing, but I messed up my knee and it's never really been the same. So I haven't really thought about fighting anytime soon, but I did help lots of local fighters out here for a yeah, few years. I actually, but, you know.
0: I actually can relate because I got a lot of injuries uh, to, but I actually, that's actually kind of what put my career on hold doing full contact for so long. Yeah. I was going to do an amateur fight in 2014 and I got my knee hurt training for it. It's never been the same, but I, I want this so bad. I never let it stop me. I got so many injuries. It's ridiculous. Um, I have an AC separation in my shoulder. Damn. Um, they, I mean, it, it was a minor one. It scarred back together. Um, but my right shoulder just ain't ever going to be the same. Uh, You know, I got the right knee injury. That is never going away. Um, but that's kind of my own fault because as soon as it felt a little bit better, I wasn't supposed to walk for three months. And then like two and a half months in, it felt better. So I went and...
1: Mm. You Went straight yeah. to
0: from not doing anything to going to a tournament and getting first place.
1: That's funny. You're um, a wild man.
0: But, well, I was also in my 20s. You know, it, 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 it's a little different once you get out uh, after you know, a little past 25, 26. I agree. Don't start, you know, things don't heal as, as good anymore.
1: That's true. Um, yeah. You wake up after rolling for a day like you have um, been lifting weights for hours.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll never forget, even even in my twenties, uh, the first time I did an actual full jiu-jitsu class. Um, Cause I started under a guy who was who was doing it super old school with like the warmups, the warm-ups like in the beginning, high yeah. intensity, nonstop. That's like, all it was for
1: 30s. us. Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, did that, and I was I was so sore You're the next die. morning I couldn't even get myself out of bed for like three yeah. days to go back to class or do anything. I didn't get out of bed unless I had to use the bathroom or or absolutely could not stand the hunger in my stomach anymore. Yeah, those days were rough. I did not want to move.
1: Yeah, you would dread those days coming up knowing that you'd have to go do jujitsu. And then, of course, you have to make sure you eat right or else you're going to be throwing up later. Yep. Terrible. But, you know, I got it done. I got it done. And, yeah, let's talk about some of your fights here for a moment. Um, How the hell did you even get involved um, here? Did you talk to somebody and they said, oh, we'll bring you in?
0: Okay. so. A year before, I uh, back in 2019, they were supposed they the uh, Chris Wilmore, Scarface himself, came out here to do a Cali event, and it was it was just just outside of LA County lines, up to the north in like Kern County. Um, I was I tried to sign up for it, but then uh, my car got stolen. I got it back thanks to Facebook. No thanks to the Los Angeles County Sheriff's oh, Department wow. sucking through jobs. Um, and then, uh, then they were, you know, I, I told, I had to tell them I couldn't make it. And then, you know, I, I got my car back and then, uh, there was one in Vegas like a month or two months after that. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have any money to go out there and do that. Plus if I would have drove my own car, uh, my car does not like Hills. It would not have made that trip. Um, probably would have had the engine blow trying to get over, uh, fast Barstow.
1: Oh no, that not a place um, where you want to be stuck by the way.
0: Uh, no. In fact, it's, that's kind of wild though. The, the last street beefs I went to, uh, in Vegas, the corner darkness, we're driving, me and me and Rachel are driving out there in a rent-a-car and there's a, we see a car on fire just past Baker on the side of the road, on the side of the freeway, just completely engulfed in flames. It was the craziest thing. Nobody was around. I don't think anyone was in it or near it. The only other thing was a cop there, but that's kind of like random because that's that in is. the middle of literally nowhere in the desert. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so... I was—I had joined the street Beach group. I had been in there in a year. I was kind of active in there, and then I found out they we were going to have a West Coast chapter. So they started a West uh-huh. Coast group and everything.
1: That's how it and started.
0: I, I so I joined the West Coast group and I—I I signed up. And then, uh Facebook's algorithm is all screwy, so I wasn't seeing every post from the group in my notifications or my feed or whatever. So I saw something that said it was canceled. Then I saw something that said it was moved to Vegas. So I was like, okay, well, Vegas—I can't do that. So then the day of, of Street Beast West Coast 1, I uh, messaged Tank, Tiny Tank, Martin Rubio, who runs the West Coast branch, and um, asked him when the next one was going to be in California because I thought it was in Vegas. He's like, oh, it's today. I was like, oh, really? I thought it was in Vegas. I, I, I explained the whole situation with the posts and everything because I didn't see any of the posts. And even when I went to the group and was scrolling down, I scrolled down for 10 minutes, and I still didn't see a single post. I was getting seeing posts from like a month and a half before that and still not seeing anything you you know about it was moved to san bernardino yeah so uh i was like okay please can i please please i can you please squeeze me in please 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 and there were a couple of no shows so he was like yeah man come on
1: we got lucky Um, then
0: yeah i mean i had to leave like right then yeah but um, uh that's pretty much pretty much what happened rachel was in the hospital and so i took took my stepdaughter down with me to get her uh, mind off of it i hear Um, you and, uh, that's why I shouted her out the first time. And you can actually see my stepdaughter behind me, uh, in that first, in that fight. Um, he's the, the girl in the tank top. With the I headphones. never,
1: never noticed that. I'm gonna have to go back and watch.
0: Um, yeah. So.
1: And the rest is history.
0: The rest is history. <laughs> and then I fought a second time that day against Storm Rider. And that's what really, uh, you know, I didn't hear all the heckling in the first fight. Cause I was focused on the fight. The only thing I heard, like was at the beginning was get him, Ryu. Um, and that kind of made me roll my eyes a little bit because I knew they were heckling me. But then I went to fight Storm Rider, and all of a sudden everybody's cheering for me, and I was yeah, like, okay, that,
1: that's how it goes, though, my friend. I mean, crowds are won and oh, lost. Sure. That's crowds.
0: How it, crowds yeah. are fickle. People are fickle. Uh, People they'll, are. They'll love you one minute and they'll hate you the next if you if you uh, screw up or if they, uh, the opposite, vice versa. They'll think you're a joke and you prove you're not, and then all of a sudden they're all they're your friends. Just for you
1: yeah i get emails all the time telling me how they want me dead so you know i hear you yeah, it goes with understand. the turf though man you know yeah but i i hey i know what i signed up for you know i enjoy those kind of comments i'm i'm sick and twisted you know i don't like i don't like getting good comments all the time i like being trashed every now and then it's fun
0: oh yeah it is uh <laughs> you know they tell it they tell chris uh tells us never to read the comments but i'm always reading the yeah, comments, read the comments. Fact, Fuck i actually have a video on my youtube it was one of the first ones i started i did when i started doing like actual videos on my youtube instead yeah of just you know uploading sparring matches from tournaments um and it was it was me reacting to the comments
1: nice yeah because
0: there were some hilarious comments i mean
1: they're always I got bullied
0: my whole life you, you got to learn to laugh at yourself otherwise it's always going to get to you and you know, the only thing that annoys me is when when people are lazy with their insults, and it's something I've heard a million times. It's like, okay, yeah, cool, I'm fat, I get it, whatever, you know. But then if I hear a fat joke that's like I've never heard it before. I'll laugh because it's funny to me because it's like, yeah, I'm fat, but I'll kick your ass, you that's know, true. like whatever.
1: Yeah, you're a big guy, by the way. You're like six two, two thirty or something.
0: Um, uh, I'm like two eighty. You're now. even
1: more, Jesus. Um, I was I actually
0: know. 330 pounds when I did that first street fight. Yes.
1: Um, the one with detail, I believe.
0: Yep. Yeah. The the first four months of the pandemic shutdown were not kind of my waistline um, <laughs> yes. at all because nothing was open. And then You're, we had all this, you know, I'm sure you remember we had all the, the whole state was on yeah. fire. So the air quality was terrible. You were
1: like a radio guy. Yeah. You're a radio guy shape. Yeah.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I was stuck inside eating comfort food, nice. and playing video games because I was just stressed over yeah, not being able to train. That was the first time I hadn't been able to train at all in over a decade. Um, since before I started training, um, that's like my whole life revolved around life, training yeah. schedule. You know, even when I got a job, I would always be like, "Well, okay, I can't work these nights because you got to train because yeah. I got to do this." You know, um, so yeah, uh, everything about my schedule for years has revolved around. I got to be at the gym at this time or the dojo at this time every day or on these days or whatever. So those four months of not being able to go do kitsu or kickboxing or karate or anything, just, you know, that's, that's kind of my, kind of my social life, kind of my, you know, stress relief, you know? So when that was gone, I was just sitting around, you know, eating cheeseburgers and nachos and Watching Netflix and playing video games because I had nothing else to do.
1: Doing, yeah, enjoying life, doing what you're supposed to do during that time, in my opinion.
0: I mean, I tried to work and whenever the, the weather was nice and there was no smoke in the air, I would go out in the backyard, where my little patio gym is set up and, you know, do some weights and do some you know, exercises and stuff. But that wasn't really, you know, as frequent and frequent enough to burn off everything. So that's why I showed up looking a little heavy, way the heaviest I've ever been in my life.
1: But you still went in there and you still got that leg up there, man. Good job.
0: Well, you know. uh, You went for the
1: decapitator right away.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it was open, (laughs) you know. And I've like, uh, I've landed that shot in tournaments so many times. It was nice to finally be able to put power on it and see what happens.
1: You know, I've never roundhouse kicked anyone in street fight before, but I have kicked someone uh, as as, as soon as I hit this really big dude. You know, as soon as his ass hit the ground, he stumbled and fell back. As soon as he hit the ground... Like, I gave him no time. I threw a kick right to his head, and he went out. I normally wouldn't do that, but the guy was huge.
0: Hey, you know what? I got scared. I I was
1: scared shitless, dude, so I had to do it. That's why,
0: one, street fights are dangerous. They're
1: very dangerous. Because
0: there's no rules. There's no one to pull the guy off. Yeah. Really. You don't know how many friends they have and why it's a good idea to avoid street fights. Run away. Get away, yes. You know what somebody knows.
1: Yeah, I would... I would advise everyone to just get away from that sort of situation.
0: And that's, that's coming from somebody that's been in a, only been in like one or two kind of street fight situations since I started training and didn't even really get injured at all. Um, you know, I, I got a cut to my scalp in one of them, cause I made a white belt mistake, but, uh, you know, that <laughs> shit's scary, a man. We'll get to in a little bit. That uh, shit is scary
1: though, man. It's nerve wracking it if is. you get I mean, in a real it fight. It's,
0: it's I mean, I, it's though, different I from grappling because the- I was fighting somebody that I knew and oh, okay. I knew they weren't gonna be able to hurt me. Yeah. But they just wouldn't stop pushing it and then they sucker punched me, so uh, I had to do something about it. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it is it is definitely you know, when you're not used to having someone across from you all the time, especially I think that's kinda like one of the reasons that you know I wasn't really that nervous aside from a split second um when i went to do street beast the first time um you're kind of used when to all it. the karate when you, when you do karate tournaments
1: yeah yeah i um, mean you have
0: no idea yeah i mean no I, dra-
1: I grappled and even then i was nervous uh still but i mean in an actual fight an actual street fight that is nerve-wracking
0: oh yeah for sure yeah. for sure it's definitely nerve-wracking a little different but, i mean it's just kind of like i think there's a level where you, you you get used to having uh regular basis situations where you're fighting somebody, even though there's supposed to be rules and stuff, you know, sometimes people don't follow them. That's true. Uh, you know, so you don't know. At karate tournaments, for the most part, uh, you don't know you're fighting till the day of the, uh, the event, just like street beefs. Um, you know, you don't know what they know. You don't know how hard they're actually going to hit you, even though they're not supposed to hit you that hard. Yeah, the they can low blow
1: you, you know? too, on purpose.
0: Uh, I got uppercut into a table once by a guy who had only been training for six weeks. There you go. Because... And, and the dojo actually literally pulled him in off the street because they saw him walking by and wanted a ringer. Jeez. Um. So, you know, after a decade of that, you know, you kind of learn how to control your your adrenaline, your emotions, and that fear Uh, kind of isn't there. Uh, Not in a way of, of being cocky. It's more like it's not really there in a way that's going to, you know, make you panic so much. Right. It helps you have a clear head when you're in situations that almost end up in a street fight or something. Um, cause you're just, you don't know. You just don't know. You don't know how many people fight that day. You don't know what they know. You don't know how long they've really been training. If they're sandbagging, if they're paid for a belt and don't have the control they should have, cause they haven't really trained cause they're at a McDojo. You never know. So yeah, street fights are scary, but you know, that's why training and sparring and competing is actually really important because it, it helps your mentality to keep calm in those situations so that you can keep your, your wits about you and, situational awareness
1: that's right i mean i would this this is gonna sound funny but you know i fell down a a flight of stairs maybe two three years ago and i was helping a friend move a couch and as soon as i hit the ground i i had tucked my head and um when i was falling down i like rolled uh for some odd reason and it saved my life i would say and i i credit that to uh jujitsu and judo
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, same thing with karate. My shihan um, works in construction. Oh, well, he's he's an associate master now. I think shihan is actually like an honorific title you get around sixth or seventh degree black belt um, in certain arts like judo and and kempo, right? Um, karate, Shotokan stuff like that. Um, uh, my associate master instructor uh, John Ramsey works in construction. When I was when he was still a shihan, sixth degree black belt um, over here. Uh, not too long after I started training. Um, I guess he, he, uh, fell off a 20 foot ladder. Whoa. That tucked in rolled and all he had was a bruised hit.
1: Yeah. That's, that's how it worked for me, except I'm the only, well, since I knew people were watching, I actually did a kick up as soon as I hit the floor Nice. just to show uh-huh. them that I was, you know, unhurt. Fine. Yeah. But I mean, I was just, but as soon as I got up, I, I was hurting a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie.
0: Myself too. I, uh, I was jogging, uh, uh, well, I was kind of sprinting just the rest of the way home. Uh, one time walking around from around the corner to, from a friend's house. And, uh, I tripped and I fell forward and, uh, the forward break fall, uh, probably saved me from a broken jar, at least some missing teeth. Goddamn. And, uh, it, it ripped the sleeve of my coat and I, I, I've got a scar on my elbow from where it kind of got a little skinned up. Yeah. But that's so much better than broken bones or like even a broken arm. If I would have done the instinctual thing that everybody does and stick their arm straight out in front of them. Broken arm broken arm for sure i've never actually had a broken bone in my life um lucky Well, broken nose once but
1: um yeah a different situation yeah but yeah Um, judo and training jujitsu will definitely help you some way somehow or any sort of martial arts will help you um, out any any martial
0: art that teaches you how to break a fall uh is definitely going to to help you because that's probably one of the most practical things you'll ever learn because everybody trips and falls eventually that's Um, right you know, or gets pushed or accidents happen. So that's definitely one of the most practical things is learning how to roll or, or break fall because, uh, you know, physics, physics is no joke.
1: That's right. And you know, it's, um, it's
0: better to, it's better to, it's roll and disperse the force or slap the ground as you hit, depending on how you're landing, you know, and, and have five pounds of force hit your body instead of your entire body weight hitting your body.
1: Right. So Danny, I I did want to go through some of your fights here, but let, let's go through the very last fight you had with a big smile. You know, I did watch that fight, and it did come to a draw. And you know, I did notice some things that uh, concern me just a little bit. Not you know, I'm not trying to criticize you here, but I did notice some things that I thought would help you. You know, you do you you need to work a little bit more on your basic wrestling. Not not I'm not trying to dis, you know disparage you or anything, but you I I felt like you really needed to sort of work a little bit more on your takedown defense against the, the cage there. You need to work on that underhook to break that, you know, break the grip, break the wrist, um, go two to one on that, on one arm there at times. And I'm sure all these things you already know, and there you, you already been, you already been fucking told all these things, but yeah, you just need to work on that and a little bit on your conditioning. And I swear you'll, you'll be gold.
0: Um, I think part of it too, was I, I really overestimated his skills Um, way overestimated him. I made a mistake in the first round, uh, trying to, to go for a standing ankle lock to end it real quick when I should have smashed past. Right. I ended up putting my feet square and I gave him a, uh, you know, the Ashigurumi sweep, which was stupid of me. Um, I think if I hadn't done that, I would have at least won the round, even if I would have just stayed in his guard and, and hit him. Um, but, uh... The whole, the whole thing was definitely just don't let him take me down. I actually kind of yeah. hopped towards the fence on purpose. To it was a good fight, though.
1: It was a good fight. Enter- entertaining, but yes.
0: It was, it was kind of – it's one thing watching his other fights for research, and then you actually – when I actually fought him, what I thought his physical strength where, – where I thought his physical strength was going to be present, it wasn't, and where I thought it wasn't going to – it looked like he wasn't using as much physical strength. Like, he his he, he was way stronger trying to grab my leg than I thought he was going to be, especially looking at his arms.
1: He looks strong. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, I mean, well, if you saw what my boy Filthy Phil looks like, who was helping me train for it, who was kind of my stand in for big smile. And you look at his arms, you were ready. Uh, You would have been like, yeah, his arms are, I mean, even I have kind of bigger biceps than he does um, just a little bit. And uh, I was just like, yeah, he's he's not going to really have that much grip strength. I don't think Uh, that's where I was wrong. And then I'm like, okay, when he, if, Yo, know, he gets me in ground and pound like he started to ground and pound me because he's TKO'd two people with it. I was expecting it no to shit. be yeah. way, way harder shots, but his striking power just wasn't there. Like Not at on all. The none of, none of none of his shots hurt like at all. Not even the knees. The you knees were good. didn't hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did see those knees.
0: Streetbender was hitting me harder than him. And uh you know, even even Street Bender hitting me was something I couldn't handle, you know. Yeah, that guy caught um, you with
1: some good shots too and you took them.
0: So uh, I think I definitely just need to move around, uh, be a little more mobile next time on the rematch, right? Footwork and just kind of keep him from even getting his hands on me. I think I'll, I think I'll take it. Yeah, sure. you just
1: gotta stop that wrist when he's getting you up against the cage. There, you know, you could have hit uh, the switch. You know, the classic switch, the wrestling, what they know, what they call in wrestling as a classic switch. There, um, there was an opportunity where you could have easily done that to him. Um, but again, all this you already know what you have to do.
0: Yeah, I don't
1: need to tell you a damn thing. You know what to do.
0: Yeah, you know, I got a, I've got a great co- uh, jiu-jitsu instructor. Yeah, they he told you these things. Definitely working on me really uh, a lot for for the rematch and everything.
1: Yeah, it's just as a jiu-jitsu guy, and you know, I wrestle a little bit. I'm seeing these things, and I'm like, God damn it, he could have beat this guy.
0: Yeah, I, I, I you could beat this guy. the fight, and I'm like, man, I could have beat him in the you first round. Him. I would have just smashed past and got side control, and then that probably would have been it right if there. If you put the I knee,
1: yeah, when you had him mount, you know, when you, you could put your knee on the bell, and you could have delivered some strikes there too.
0: Yeah, exactly. I could have I could have beat him in his own game instead. I You know what? Happened?
1: You got you got overexcited. I think, in my opinion, you didn't take your time.
0: Um, no, I I mean, yeah, I, I do not even think I was overexcited. I think I was just trying to end it. I I just really you rushed.
1: To end you were it seemed. Yeah, I was gonna say it seemed like you were rushing a little bit
0: there. And th- and that's the problem because I've done that ankle lock standing up like that a million times, but instead of just thrusting my hips forward to sink it in, I put my feet squared. I tried to step in to get more leverage, which was dumb because I didn't need to. And he'd already grabbed my left ankle before that and I knew he was gonna try to do that sweep and I don't know why I stepped in like that and just I should I should have just smashed past. I should have just smashed past the side control. But, you know, woulda coulda shoulda. Um I, I definitely executed my game plan pretty well in the second round for sure. Uh spinning him around, putting his back on the cage, working elbows and that stuff. That was good. Clinch. I'd like that, yeah. The uh, the third round I had a little bit of a hard time spinning him around. Um I, in fact, when I, the, the couple of times I did, he reversed it pretty quick, but I still got like landed more, more of the, it wasn't the most action packed round, but I definitely landed all the real significant strikes in that round.
1: Will we um, see a rematch, Danny?
0: Oh, rematch is definitely set. I want um, the rematch. It, it might actually be my last Street Beef fight. Uh, really? Because I, I already had a, an offer from Fury FC, um, but I wanted to do this fight first. And then since it kind of ended the way it did, and there was that little love with the first round time because how loud the crowd was right and, uh wolverine thought he heard someone yell time and someone probably did yell time he wasn't the timekeeper um you know it might have even been a mistake they might have been not have been yelling time time Someone might have said bang time
1: miscommunication people constantly
0: yell bang time all the time um you know but he definitely thought he heard time so we stopped the round a little earlier than it should have been stopped um but, you know, again, accidents happen. It's a, you know, even in pro orgs with, with professional sure, yeah. refs, you know, so it's, um, you know, it, it is what it is, but I definitely want to make sure that question gets answered before sure. I go pro. And- yeah. yeah.
1: You know what? I'm so glad you said that, you know, cause I was going to ask you if you were thinking about going to going pro, you know, and going to a bigger organization and doing uh, MMA going, professionally. Yeah. That's what I was hoping you'd do.
0: Yeah. Going pro is definitely the goal, especially that like when, uh, and you know a lot of things get announced in the group again people who just watch the youtube channel who aren't in the group there's a lot of things that they don't know about or if they only watch the fight videos because i believe scarface actually did post a video about it on the youtube um you know uh, like a month before i actually went and fought it just announced that sometime after september um if, if you get at least 8 wins in the yard you know you can you can get qualified for them to sponsor you to go pro Nice. Um you know they'll you know pay for your your medical fees, you know, since you have to get an MRI and a blood test and a physical and all of that, you know, to get your 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 license um or whatever it is that you need um depending on your situation. So that was a big motivator for me to to go fight um in the West Coast chapter for sure. Nice. Um and uh yeah, so that's that's kind of where it ended up. Um in fact, if if it wasn't for the fact that it ended in a draw, I probably would have already been uh, set to fight pro in June. But I think um, you know, like I said, I gotta I gotta get that that you know question answered. You know, especially since uh, again that that con- that that nonsensical controversy over whether or not fifteen seconds was gonna make a difference and whether uh, right you know it would have been a stoppage or not, because. I'm sure you saw that I was working my way up. I saw that. Once once you're, once you're in a turtle position, it's not that hard to stand up. I just wanted to make sure I was, I was just trying to calculate either. I'm going to grab his leg like I did with street bender. You know, I was trying to time the knees out. And then if I couldn't get a good timing on him and with like one, one or two more, I was going to just stand up. Right. You know, well, but I wanted to try to stand up where I wasn't going to just take a a sneaky one to the jaw.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, Uh I, I gotta, gotta be honest with you here. Again, all you need to do is work on your takedown defense and work a little bit more on your conditioning. And, and again, I think you would be uh, did, an incredible I did fighter. I made a couple
0: of mistakes. Um, like the first takedown he got, granted, I countered it pretty good. Um,
1: well, that's true. Yes, you did.
0: Uh, I figured his grip was way, way too high on my leg. And I was trying to circle him to the cage, but I circled him the wrong way. Um, if I had to circle him the other way, he probably wouldn't have been able to take me down. But the, I turned to my left, which was where he had my leg, which just gave him extra momentum to drag me to the ground. Um, but you know, I, you know, I, I've been in those situations a lot, you know, training and stuff. Oh, yeah. so Yeah, I wasn't, you know, afraid to go to the ground. It's not unfamiliar territory, tor- ter- uh, territory for me, like a lot of people thought. And I, I thought it was kind of funny that people still thought that after my Street Bender rematch where I definitely displayed a lot of groundwork. Um, but, you know, yeah, yeah definitely going to be working on a lot more, uh, you know, not even letting him grab my leg and definitely take uh, take down defense away from the cage. Um, and yeah, I, I just, my main thing is I got to get that rematch in and definitely just, you know, show everybody that that last 15 seconds wasn't going to change. You got it. Don't worry. I was still in the fight.
1: Yeah. I think you'll, you'll be able to handle them much better now that you know what to do. You know exactly what to do this time. And uh, I don't think you'll let them go so easy if you get them on the ground now.
0: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. If I uh, get a position where I can, you know, get the side control, I'm definitely going to make sure I don't wander it. Or even, even if I just get any top position where I can work the ground and pound. And yeah, hand. don't
1: yes. Yeah, stay on him, Stay mounted next time.
0: It's you know, uh stays, rain down
1: some blows. Definitely,
0: cause, Cause it's, you know, it's, it's definitely not, you know, I don't need to rush for that leg submission. You know, I mean, he's open for leg submissions for sure. You know, unless he works on that, but I, I didn't need to rush for it the way I did. And there was other things I could have done. Um, but I think that was kind of the thing about that fight I think it was an, it was mostly a feeling out process the first round for right sure.
1: you live and learn um, though you learn what you have to do, and now you will be a lot better next time out
0: yeah, for sure um and that's that's my thing you know as as a, a martial artist, any martial artist should always strive to evolve and adapt and improve you know um I think that's kind of one of the reasons i I was able to stay in the fight and and make sure it even you know went the way it did uh, where I was, when I was doing good was because I made sure that I trained for him because I knew I was fighting him. Whereas I kind of feel like, even though he said he was taking it seriously and, and kind of training for it, if you notice, he just, and he said it himself, when he uh, got interviewed on the crowd of review, you know, I, I I'm just going to kind of do what worked, what's worked so far. Um, you know, you can't, you can't stick to one game for everybody. You know, it's never going to work, uh, every time. That's right. So.
1: Different body types. Um, you learn that different in Different body types, different yeah. skill
0: sets, you know.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, there's it, some guys I can't armbar because they're too damn big, too strong. So that's when you have to switch to a bicep slicer and you're good yeah, to go still. I, I
0: think the other thing too was uh, everybody else he fought either didn't display any groundwork. Because I know Ryu Senen trains jujitsu jitsu too, but he kind of just is used to stand up. Yeah. And uh, you know, he had been waiting all day and was kind of just, you know, thinking about the drive home. Apparently I talked to him all the time.
1: Nice. Okay. Um,
0: so, you know, it also depends. That's the thing too. How, how much is your opponent's head in the fight when you're fighting them? You know what I mean? Um, so I think the first, like three of the four guys he fought didn't have any ground game. And one of them was kind of just not, you know, his head wasn't exactly in it, um, in the moment, like it should have been. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing too, you know, everybody, even me, Even me, everybody is going to run into somebody, especially when you compete, you're going to run into somebody that's going to have an answer for everything you do. And they're either going to either, either going to just edge you out or they're going to completely annihilate you and pick you apart. And eventually it happens to everybody. Yeah. The only exception I've ever seen is John Jones. That man is, is unbeatable.
1: I haven't really seen anyone do much to him too much. I mean, I, um, I've seen him, you know, we're, we've seen him lose a little bit uh, at certain times, certain exchanges, but, you know, he still wins the fight yeah. ultimately, but we have seen him get get touched up a number of times by a few fighters in the last several years of his I, career. I
0: think he's only really been touched up like twice. I think it was uh, what, Reyes kind of gave kinda hit him a work. And uh, uh, the big Swedish dude. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name, but... Uh, yeah, I remember that fight too. That was wild. Right. Uh, but yeah, man, that's just it is what it is there. And I, I'm definitely looking forward to the rematch. Rematch is gonna be uh here in California actually. So uh I told him uh told him after the fight I'm gonna I'm gonna take him to In N Out and then he'll wanna you'll wanna move to California for
1: that. <laughs> is In and Out open?
0: Yeah. Yep. Um in fact I, I don't know about your county, but my county just started opening everything back up to limited capacity. Uh, I actually just got to go see uh, Godzilla vs. Kong in the movie theater, and that's the first movie I've seen in over a year.
1: By the way, you were talking about Alexander Gustafsson.
0: Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. His, his last name started with a G. I, I,
1: I totally understand. forgot, but yes, go, going back to Godzilla vs. Kong, I did see the movie myself, and you know, I felt like it's visually, I thought it was a fantastic, stunning film, uh, but in terms of writing, like it it seems like the, la- the the writers got lazy almost there, and they sort of dropped the ball. Um, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I just think, man, the the writers kind of screwed I, I've up. I've
0: heard that from a few people. My thing about it is, because I grew up watching all the old Godzilla movies. I own yeah. the entire Showa collection. I have most of the Heisei collection. So
1: you're like a big mark for Godzilla.
0: Um, oh, Godzilla was one of the first things that I really ever, like, uh, when I was a little kid, they used to have on, on channel nine, they used to have monster theater every oh, yeah. Friday or Saturday. Um, and we would watch that. So I watched all the old show era Godzilla movies growing up. So you
1: saw Godzilla versus Mothra.
0: Yep, Godzilla and all versus the Mothra. Uh, yeah. I think I missed Godzilla versus Kong, the original one, when they showed it on TV. I didn't see that until I was at my cousin's house, like a uh, kind of a distantly related cousin down in uh, uh, Calexico. Hold on. Stop there. Stop
1: there. El Centro is a few miles away from Calexico, by the way. It's the next town over. Yeah, yeah, I just looked yeah. it up
0: when we started the conversation on my phone, actually. That's pretty funny. Um,
1: so we everything comes full circle, by the way.
0: Well, you know, it's a small world.
1: That's awesome.
0: And, and yeah, everything does come full circle. <laughs> so, um, you know, all those older Toho movies, especially... The later ones, towards the end of the show era, especially like the middle of it, like uh, there was some pretty flimsy writing in those too. Oh, yeah. I actually think the way this one was written really felt like the perfect blend between you liked the more, more modern, up to date, legendary style, you know, kaiju monster verse movies. I think and the original Toho yeah. Showa era style stuff.
1: You know what? Uh, I, think I just wanted to
0: me because it's it's mm-hmm. definitely you know kind of the remake we've been waiting for since the original Godzilla vs. Kong. You know, I mean, I grew up... In fact, that was actually one of the things that used to make me mad as a kid. Um, I went to a video rental store and, uh, you know, probably a good portion of the people listening to this probably don't know what that even is anymore. <laughs> but um, I went to a video rental store and uh, I saw Godzilla versus King Kong uh, VHS and the box cover had uh, the King Kong head from the like the Dino de la Renta 76 remake and the uh, Godzilla from Godzilla Returns on the cover. So I thought they had made like a 90s, like up to date remake of it. And I rented it and I, you know, I was a kid. So I, I shelled out money I had made, like mowing lawns and <laughs> washing cars and having yeah. yard sales. Right? right. You know, my my petty little pocket cash that was kind of precious at the time to rent this movie only to see the the actual VHS was just the original, you know, 1962 movie I'd already seen before. Um so seeing this was great. I thought the writing was was actually in line with the original era of Godzilla movies and I felt like it was kind of fitting. Yeah, could it have been had a deeper story like the first, you know, like 2014 Godzilla? Yeah, maybe, but I mean it's it's the highest grossing legendary monster verse movie of uh, the the entire franchise. So right. obviously, I think people cared more about watching Godzilla and King Kong beat each other up than uh, the writing.
1: Right? Yeah, I don't think I don't think people really care too much about that. But I just thought I I think I just wanted it a little I wanted it a little bit better is what it what it what it is.
0: I, I mean, I kind of I kind of see where you're coming from. I mean, it could have maybe been a little bit more solid, you know. Uh, the, the plot was definitely just enough to get the, keep the action moving along and kind of link up everything and set up that, that ending. Uh, you know what
1: it was? I'll be honest. You know what it was? This is what it was about a week or two before I saw the movie. I just happened to watch Godzilla, you know, the 1998 movie. And I thought, uh, you know, I watched that movie and I thought, yeah, I'm going to watch the new movie here and it's going to be awesome. And well, it was, it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But again, the writing is just, I didn't like it that much. That's all. It's not a big complaint, but again. Well,
0: no, I mean, I get it. I Like I said, I see where you're coming from. I mean, there, there's no denying that it, it is flimsy writing, but if if one is to look at the entire catalog of Godzilla movies.
1: Overall, it's good, yeah. I'm the, with you on that. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I'm with I mean, you on that part. It's not
0: just that. It's just the fact that kind of flimsy, you know, writing to just set up the monster fights is kind of really the the – maiden point or the main history uh, or track record of the Godzilla franchise past the first Godzilla movie. And, you know, I think the only real heavily story driven Godzilla movies that have been around are uh, the original,
1: the original, yeah,
0: 1985, uh, Shin Godzilla, uh, Godzilla 2014 at the end. And those are really the only ones that have a really good, well-written story to them. and, even Shin Godzilla's is a little arguable. It's just maybe too much story and too much focus on the human side of things. Cause it, it, it I don't know if you've seen Shin Godzilla or not, but um, it kind of drags a lot. And if you don't under actually understand what the movie really is, is about, cause all the movies where Godzilla's kind of the destructive villain, only monster in the movie kind of thing. Those are all allegories for something in real life um, that has happened to Japan. So, Obviously, the original, he was an allegory for the atomic bomb. Right, right. And Shin Godzilla was inspired by the Fukushima disaster. And a big part of the reason the Fukushima disaster got so bad it was because of all the government bureaucracy and, you know, A has to ask permission from B and C and da-da-da-da-da. And that's, like I said, I don't know if you've seen Shin Godzilla or not, but that's like a huge chunk of the movie. Like half the movie is boardroom meetings. Um, I recall
1: seeing a portion of that a couple years ago.
0: So, you know, there's there's a balance there. Either you have a decent plot, you have, you know, more focus on the monster action or, you know, just enough plot to have the monster action set up. Or you have too much story and it drags a little bit because that's kind of... Kind of what happened, all those other ones, it's kind of the thing. Like, it makes sense, like, in the original Godzilla, the way they they paced it because of what it was supposed to be and what it was supposed to be about. Um, You know, all of the stuff that you see, especially if you ever see the original Japanese cut. um, You know, yeah, it's slow and it's long, but when you understand why, it's absolutely acceptable and you really can't complain about it. Um, But then you get to Shin Godzilla, where you could complain about it a little bit. And then you have, like, Godzilla vs. Kong, where it's not really much story and the characters are really only there to drive along just enough of the, 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 plot to get from fight a to fight B to fight C. And, um, yeah, like I said, you know, so obviously, you know, there have been movies in the series that have better storylines and I, especially the MonsterVerse, you know, and I get it, you know, there, there could have been more of a plot like, you know, King of the monsters had more of a plot. Um, and even that was kind of not as solid as the 2014 plot, but it still had more of a plot. You had more human motivation for what was was going on than in this.
1: Right, and either way, it still made three hundred fifty eight million worldwide.
0: Oh, uh, actually, it's like uh, worldwide right now is like one point six billion. Jesus. Oh no 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 that's no no never mind. You're right. It's the I just I just got that mixed up. Um, it's actually the entire Legendary MonsterVerse combined, all four movies. Um have just totaled because of this like they have they've totaled over 1.6 billion dollars uh for the whole franchise. Someone
1: had a good paycheck recently, I'm sure.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um and we might actually get more Monsterverse movies cuz this one's doing so good, which is ironic cuz it has the you know, you would think that the one with the least story would probably not, you know, do the best considering that King of the Monsters kind of had the lowest uh gross out of the four, but you know, what? I mean, I, it it didn't just save the monster verse. I think it's almost single handedly saved movie theaters because that was. Yeah. I think did. that was what a lot of people was the first ticket they bought when the, their their local movie theaters opened back up because I know point. I did. Yeah, good. I've point. actually seen it three times in the theater.
1: Oh damn! So you were you're totally in.
0: Oh totally, dude. I mean, I am a huge like I said since a kid since I was a kid I I can watch the movies over and over and over and over and never get sick. Of never
1: get bored. Yeah
0: ever you know I, I can watch the original godzilla versus kong and all of its cheesy glory probably another hundred times and i'll still always be entertained by it
1: that's how i am with horror movies too by the way i like uh bad horror films <laughs> that's just how it goes but yeah godzilla versus kong made a lot of money and that reminds me um was it mortal kombat supposed to come out
0: uh no that comes out in a in two weeks
1: in two weeks okay I thought it Brady had came out I'm not sure why I thought that but not yet it was supposed to come
0: out I think it was supposed to come out on the 16th and then got moved to the 23rd for some reason interesting so I'm definitely going to go see that probably on the 25th you'll be
1: first in line
0: well no because the 20 I I would go on the 23rd but there's a Street Beast West Coast I got to go corner a couple of people
1: would you show up at the movie theater um, in full gear (laughs) for the for the Mortal Kombat
0: you know what I just might
1: you should (laughs) that would be awesome
0: just might i think you should i think i should i think
1: you should to be honest like i'm i would do it if i were you that's fucking badass
0: it's it's sort of cosplay and it sort of isn't but i, I definitely i definitely think i will i think it would be i it going be hilarious
1: dude i think that's gold i would do it if i were you
0: uh especially since people recognize me out here anyway I might as well just one time live the, up li- to a- <laughs>
1: live up the gimmick like rick flair
0: <laughs> Woo! there you go yeah, I never got into professional wrestling because I wasn't really allowed to watch it, but I'd sneak it sometimes and then like <laughs> that's one of the things I love about YouTube. YouTube is a is an online archive of Awesome. Awesome yeah. hidden lost ancient gems. I've actually been able to see commercials that came on T V thirty years before I was born because of uh YouTube, yeah. YouTube and I I'm probably weird for wanting to just watch commercials. But I even when I was a kid, I always wanted to watch the commercials. They
1: were more entertaining um, though back then when yeah, we were growing some up. Them,
0: some of them were pretty entertaining. Yeah. But um, so my thing is like I'll I I sometimes I'll go on on YouTube and I'll look up old pro wrestling promos from like the eighties and the nineties. Nice. When they were actually really, really entertaining. Uh, of course you'll never ever top the macho man for for entertainment value with those uh uh <laughs> Because that guy was—I mean, I, I don't know if it was the steroids, the cocaine, or both Everything. at the time. Because they were all doing all they that. They were
1: all coked up back in the day.
0: Um, his promos, man.
1: They were nuts, right?
0: We're gonna do a one eighty. <laughs>
1: we're
0: gonna do another one eighty. Yeah, whoa.
1: I think the, I think <laughs> the, I'm the
0: macho man. I think <laughs> or, the
1: the Ultimate Warrior had everyone. You know, he was all coked up.
0: Oh yeah, well the Ultimate Warrior was a trip and a half anyway. Um, coked yeah, up. Yeah, he was not. in the galaxies. Half of his promo <laughs> is just him breathing heavy.
1: That's right. Yeah, YouTube is awesome. Oh, go ahead.
0: Uh, Cause my space gods.
1: <laughs> that's just like him.
0: Uh, impersonating uh people and characters is kind of a useless hidden talent of mine.
1: Nice. Uh, oh, it's a good one. I
0: think my my favorite all time uh Macho Man promo though was the the cream of the crop one where he's pulling little little coffee creamers out of nowhere. Uh oh yeah, 'cause I'm the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah, and when uh when the going gets tough, the cream rises to the top. On balance, off balance, oh yeah, I'm the macho man, and I'm the cream of the crop. And he just takes puts the kendo <laughs> up on top of his head and then runs away.
1: Right. Yeah, lots lots of classics, and uh, man, it's it's kind of hard to watch wrestling these days. Uh, you know, I try to watch the wwe recently and there's all sorts of monitors going on in the back it's it's a really tiring yeah. on the eyes
0: um you know just, that, that was kind of the thing too like i never like i had friends that would watch it and i'd go spend the night at their house and stuff uh when i was like a pre-teen and yeah that was like during the attitude era and nice. I, I really yeah. didn't couldn't get into it when they were watching it it wasn't like when i would sneak it at my grandparents house when my mom was at work when i was over there visiting them because my mom worked near where they lived I go down there sometimes on the weekends and, and visit for the weekend. She would, you know, not so she went to drive from all the way over here and then I get to see my, my relatives. Um, and you know, in the eighties and the night, like the early nineties, it was all like really colorful and, you know, really, you know, unique kind of, everyone was a very unique character, you know, and then the attitude era hit and then everything after that, like everything's kind of generic. Everyone kind of just looks the same.
1: Looks the same. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, some people could argue that, yeah, everyone back in like the eight, the nineties and the eighties, they all, all the pro wrestlers were just big, huge, roided out dudes with long hair. Yeah, maybe uh, on the surface, when you're just watching them actually wrestle and they don't have all their gimmicky stuff on because that's all costumes that would get in the way. But like when they were doing promos and walking out and doing all, like you know, you would never confuse, you know, Nature Boy for like uh, the Million Dollar Man, like ever. You know, those were very distinct dudes. Yeah,
1: everyone's character was written out so good back in the day. Yep. Good storylines and everything, but yeah, not like today. You know, everything, everyone is, um. everyone looks the same now. Yep. Kind of weird, but yes. Pro wrestling has changed uh, dramatically over the last uh, several years. It's not as popular as it once was, like when we were growing up, during that Attitude Era. I'm surprised to hear that. I'm surprised you weren't really that into it growing up when you were, you know, just a little kid the, during the that era. The closest
0: thing I ever got to that. And I don't know if you remember this because a lot of people don't, uh, there was a show that used to come on. I think it was on Fox kids or it was either on Fox kids or channel 13 on Saturday mornings. called WMAC masters. And it was like, kind of like pro wrestling, but it was like martial art, like striking martial arts, like traditional martial arts type stuff. Um, and, they had they were all characters too but um that was like the closest thing and somehow i managed to get away with watching that um that that was that was the closest thing i ever got to pro wrestling i was into that 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 didn't last very long but i was definitely into that
1: what about watching you know like adult shows when you're like a kid you know you had to you know watch something late at night and you know the channel was all scrambled but you could sort of see like a breast every now and then <laughs> you remember those you days know what?
0: We, where <laughs> I live, that didn't really happen. You know, sometimes I I channel surf past that. I'd you had the box. Uh, I think everyone in the '90s uh, kind of had that experience at some point, somewhere at someone's house.
1: Eventually, you had the box, yeah.
0: Um. Well, even without the box over here, the only the only adult channel we had in the '90s was was the Playboy Channel. And if you didn't if you didn't have even with the box, you couldn't just flip to it and have it come in at all. Um. That was that our I was our local cable companies have always been kind of different like that um, <laughs> nice. versus going down to la where you know my relatives live and you know the, the way channels would come in down there more channels with basic cable than we had and a whole different channel lineup like channel order uh it, aside from like all the local news like one uh, two, four, 5, 7, and nine eleven and thirteen were all the same because it's all one county area so they're all the, the local stations for the whole area but um yeah I know what you're talking about you no, know, funny nice. thing. Bringing things full circle again. Um, someone, someone I watch on YouTube that that reviews uh like bad movies uh pointed out that the appeal of Godzilla movies was that it was basically or no, it wasn't him. It was the it was it was the the guy who does the angry video game nerd. I remember um, him. Yeah, he when he out of character, he was, just, he was just talking about Godzilla movies and stuff, and he pointed out that the appeal of Godzilla movies is is just pro-wrestling in monster suits.
1: Mm, that's a good observation, yeah.
0: And and I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, when you got Godzilla drop-kicking a giant beetle.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's, all, and, and, right. it's, and it's guys in suits, you know, already.
0: Yeah, well, and we think about it too, and that's kind of probably because of the suits. What kind of fighting can you really do yeah. that isn't kind of some form of wrestling? That's right. Because it's the only thing you can do that it's not going to completely destroy the suits, and it, you know, it kind of looks cool. Because if you think about it, that's how wild animals fight anyway. They they wrestle. You know, they don't really punch each other because most animals can't do that. So everything in the wild is some form of grappling.
1: Grappling, right.
0: From praying mantises fighting each other to scorpions to lions, tigers, and bears. It's little, all grappling. It's a form some of
1: uh, Greco-Roman wrestling.
0: Yeah, sort of.
1: Pretty odd. Um, but yes, you know, we are running out of time here. And I do want to uh, thank you, Danny, for spending some of your time with us here on the program. And my God, you know, I could talk to you for another hour. I feel like we could uh, talk about all kinds of stuff since, you know, we're around the same age, you know, Um, gone through a lot together. Yeah, uh, I definitely like
0: a good conversation. I could probably talk all night, man.
1: Yeah, I'm Um, I'm gonna have to bring you back here sometime.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd love to be back. This was awesome.
1: Yeah, my friend, I would love to do this again with you. I had a great time here. I hope you had a fun time chatting here and um, before I let you go, um, definitely plug anything you'd like. Um, the floor is yours. Go ahead.
0: Uh, anything I'm you eating, want. Go ahead. Uh, not too much to plug that uh, I haven't already plugged already, but uh, I do have merch in my Teespring store. There you go. Uh, Shinigami's killer merch on Teespring. I have two YouTube channels to follow. Um, Shinigami the Reaper MMA and Lord demonius, the Undead Pyro. The second one is me as a character, all goth out. Um kind of hosting old public domain like bad horror movies that's your pro wrestling gimmick uh kind of no i think if my pro if i was gonna do a pro wrestling gimmick it would be king karate and I'd come out in my gi and everything Uh,
1: nice okay um
0: that would be like kung fu naki but i wouldn't (laughs) suck (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) coming to uh that's that's, that's
0: a that's a that's something that that only people our age would know about you kung fu naki that's true uh, <laughs> eventually so we'll you see got, I, I knew you would get it I knew it, it yes man, and we I brought that up eventually
1: but, um, we'll be seeing you wrestle in Japan after fighting
0: I would love to do any kind of fighting in Japan I, I would I would definitely do pro wrestling in Japan um, I, I actually want to go fight in Japan there's a promotion there called Ganryujima it means battle island uh, it's MMA with a twist there's no no barrier in the ring you're on a raised platform the rules are more in favor of sumo and judo than your traditional uh, MMA. Really, you only have like f- fifteen seconds on the ground, like a judo, an Olympic judo match. So it's really hard to win by ground and pounder submission. Oh shit!
1: Um, okay,
0: you have to work top, uh, and you could also win by pushing your opponent out of the ring three times.
1: Mm, so it's a bit of a combination of styles here.
0: Yeah, it's truly a mixed martial arts, like in the most mixed sense of the word. Um, I would definitely love to go over there and fight in that. You're going to have to
1: uh, send me a link to that. I never heard
0: of that. Um, oh, yeah. I stumbled across that around the same time I stumbled across uh, Street Peace back back, oh, okay. But it was much smaller, and it was like in a little room with three judges wow. and a couple of ring girls and like almost no audience at all. And now they, you know, have an arena and, you know, people, a bunch of kids come out and geese uh, with with all kinds of sponsor cards to hold up. It's crazy. Um, it's funny too because I actually got Jen's Pulver into all this stuff. He does a Twitch stream, and I go on there sometimes. Oh yeah, Jen's um, Pulver and hang out with him because he he's he's a huge supporter of Street Beast and he'll help you know give pointers to the fighters. He'll watch your fights and give you tips. And he just likes watching fights in general on there. So I got him into karate combat and Gonda nice. and Kudo and uh, a couple of other things that are kind of just obscure. Um, but yeah. uh, also, shout out my chiropractor, uh, Dr. Hodges at uh, AV Chiropractic. Not a sponsor, just does excellent work. Um, definitely, if you need chiropractic work in the Antelope Valley, go hit him up because he will get you straight. Uh, I actually go to him before every every time I fight, whether it be street beefs or a karate tournament. I go to him every time. Nice. Every time, like a day or two before, and then I take it easy, and then I go compete, and I'm nice and loose and, and ready to go.
1: Very nice. Once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. And ladies and gentlemen, give him your support. That is Shinigami. Check him out whenever you can. Look him up on YouTube. Watch him kick someone else in the face very soon. Once again, brother. Yeah. Once again, brother, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you on the other side here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thank you.
1: No problem. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was Mr. Shinigami. Look him up whenever you can. Search his name and you can find all his fights right there on YouTube. Really appreciate his appearance here on the program. And I do want to thank all of you for sticking around. First time listeners out there. Much respect to all of you. If you liked the interview, make sure to like and subscribe. Thank you for sticking around, by the way. I really appreciate that. We will do this again very soon. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, mahalo.